Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, an FM podcast with myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom. So, Tom, you find us at the start of our European jailbreak. Um, How has your weekend been recording this on a Sunday night? Been a very pleasant weekend. Haven't done too much. I was away uh, last week in uh, in Gibraltar, of all places. So I sort of did did a bit of a, a European jailbreak of, of of my own in real life, uh, although not quite. But yeah, ended up ended more up of a European mini break than a European jailbreak. Yeah, well, not quite a mini break. I was there for work, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I actually went and saw the Gibraltar National Stadium, which was quite cool. One of the evenings. Uh, a little nice. walk around there. It's, it's a weird place to browse. Uh, I do, I do, I, I like it, but it's it's, it's weird. Uh, so that was that was my week, and then just sort of spent the weekend not doing too much. What, what about yourself? Uh, what's my weekend been? Um, well, I had a really working all hours week at work last week, which ended at ended at seven o'clock on Friday. So it's been a pretty quiet weekend of starting my FM save and. Uh, Going for the usual play, beat Catherine in two sets of tennis, in a best of three. Um, played a, a, did a bit of swimming this morning, and then otherwise had a really nice meal with um, mine and Catherine's friends, Mike and Emma, at one of the local Indian restaurants to celebrate Diwali. So, been eating, been eating Indian food from five till eight, and it was absolutely lovely. They did a wonderful job, um, made us feel really welcome. Uh, you know. Uh, brought out lots of lots of uh, wonderful dishes. Brought out chai at the end of the meal. Um, had three different curries as the main. So, so yeah, it was fun- wow. fantastic. Uh, yeah, shout out to Chennai Ex- Express in Basingstoke for uh, our new sponsors. For, our new sponsors, yeah, for uh, for a fantastic Diwali celebration. And Catherine, Catherine has had probably the first and last henna tattoo she will ever have in her life uh, <laughs> as part of that. So. So yeah, so really? been a, been an interesting end to the weekend, but more importantly, well, it's you? only the starter to the main course, Tom, that I've been most interested about this weekend. And that, well, of course, set us up. And that, of course, Tom, is finding out about Legrand's adventures in a seedy FM underworld. Absolutely. So if you, if you if you haven't listened to episode zero of this series, I would recommend going back and, and listening to that because it sort of sets the scene as to what our uh, our FM24 journeyman saves are, are going to be. So go back and listen to that first and then come back and join us. Uh, but yeah, if you did listen to last week's episode, you'll realise that I pulled out the hat to Czechia, Czech Republic, uh, as, as the place I'm going to be managing this series. And we sort of said we'll pick out the team with the lowest media prediction and that's where that's where we start so i got i am managing a club called slavia promoritz but when you say i are, tom for our listeners who is i just remind our listeners oh, of, of my, who my, I my is. manager again again go back and listen to episode zero stop being lazy go back and listen to episode <laughs> zero but the manager my manager is um laurent legrand the disgraced swiss financier who is on the run uh, from authorities, no, he's on the run, having broken out of a out of a Czech jail, right? Um, 
uh, and he's on the run. Uh, so there's the disgraced Swiss financier Laurent Legrand, and he's ended up at Slavia Kromeritz, who are the lowest ranked Czech uh, club on the game in the second tier, you know, two tiers in, in Czech Republic. And like we are semi pro, and we are the only semi pro team in the Czech Republic. In the Czech second division, we are the only semi-pro team, which not ideal for obvious reasons. Everyone else um, has a lot more time to train, in theory, a lot more money. So when I realised that, I, I thought this is going to be a real, real uphill struggle. Um, before I go in, because I've played a fair bit, so I can kind of go into how we've started and players I've signed and moves I've made, tactics and all that sort of stuff. I think it probably makes a bit more sense to sort of set the scene as to what the Czech second division is like because, you know, obviously I knew, I've known for years the the registration rules for the Czech second division. Important uh, some stuff. Some of our listeners may not. Exactly, exactly. Some of our uncultured uh, listeners may not know uh, all the details. Um, it's actually, so I think I've got a really rough ride in with Slavia Kromeritz and managing in the bottom flight of you know, being the only semi-pro team in, in Czech Republic. Made slightly easier by, I think, our registration rules are quite kind. Okay. So I can, um, in my starting 11, there can be no more than five non-EU players in the playing 11. Yeah. It's so not actually in the starting 11. In the playing 11, at any one point, there can be no more than five non-EU players. So basically... You know, South in terms of in reality, players you're going to sign South Americans and Africans. Really, I can have five of them in the starting eleven, which is pretty good. Outside yeah. of that, I can I can sign whoever I want. So I can take my pick across Europe and sign in the best. Of, you know, I say the best of the best. Probably in in reality, the best of the worst. Yeah. Um, but again, I'll I'll come on to some of the signs I've made there. The so best of the most affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who are happy to play part-time football. So it's, in that sense, it's been quite kind, actually. Yeah. Um, few more details. Yeah, there's no other, there's no other weird things, really. You know, under 22 players are automatically um, eligible. Um, it's, it's pretty, yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty kind. You know, I, I don't just have to sign Czech players or anything like that, which which yeah. would have been oh, that'd be a nightmare. Um, in terms of the league, there are fifteen teams in the sorry, there's sixteen teams in the Czech seven division. Two of those you've got um, Sparta Prague's B team and Sigma Olomouc's B team. So neither of those can get promoted. Um, so effectively, you know, fourteen teams are battling for promotion. Um, and there are two well, there's one automatic promotion spot, so only the top team automatically goes up, and then there's second and third go into a playoff with the second bottom and third bottom from the team above. Yeah, from what I can understand so far. Or yeah, that's that's what it looks like. It's not perfectly clear, but that's what it looks like. Um, so again, quite a tough division to get out of, actually, realistically, with only one team guaranteed to go up. You know, I'm not expecting that to be a problem for Slavia Kromeritz uh, in, in the short term. So, but, um, 
<laughs> but sort of maybe maybe one day cross that bridge when we when we come to it. Yeah. Um, few other things worth noting about the club in terms of again, I'll touch on sort of the players that I've signed and, and how it's gone, and maybe after we've heard a little bit about who you're managing and how it's going in the Greek uh Greek bottom bottom flight. Um, but what what struck me when I came in actually? Well, first of all, um, you know the the board. The board's expectations for literally the next five years are attempts to avoid relegation bravely. You know, so it's like it was quite a obvious thing, pretty early doors. This is this is going to be difficult. Again, I was quite surprised by my wage budget and transfer budget as well. Okay. So my transfer budget was like I think it was like eighty grand, which was. Better than a slap in the face. Yeah, I was pretty pleased with that. Um, Considering at this level, I I don't think it's necessarily wise to actually sign players. Sorry, like pay for players. I think there's enough that you can pick up and freeze uh, at this sort of level. Um, So I was able to convert some of that into uh, extra money for wages. Wage budget, yeah. My wage bill when I joined was like three grand. Um, and I managed to bump that up to get a wage budget of no, I think it was like three and a half grand was my wage budget. Yeah, and I'm, I'm basically now at six when I converted all the money. Lovely. So I had plenty of cash to play with, um, which was which was good because again, again, we'll get to get into this next in the next part. I'm sure we will. The squad was the squad definitely needed some some, some updates, which I which I've been able which. You know, need a bit of lip filler and a bit of Botox by the sound of it. It needed a bit more than that. Um, but <laughs> that, that was really helpful. Um, I think it'd be a much... So, yeah, so it's kind of been splattered with, God, this is going to be a nightmare. This is going to be a real challenge, i.e. with the only semi-pro team in the league. Um, the board just wants us to bravely stay off relegation too. There's some glimmers of hope, which are, you know, the the squad registration rules are pretty kind, and I can actually bring in quite a few players, providing providing they want to join. We are absolutely the you know the lowest ranked team in the league. But again, just going back to um, the funds available to me in terms of salary per annum, um, we aren't the lowest. We are the third lowest. Okay. So again, as a semi pro side, we're outpaying wages of two of the professional sides. I mean, look, it's not by much. Let's let's put it this way. Um, Varnsdorf and Vlasin are the two teams that we pay more wages than. Mm. They're paying 200 grand and 215 grand. We're mm. paying 260 grand. When I look at the top of the league, excluding the... I'll exclude the two B teams because they're significant. They pay significantly more because they drop team players into the reserves. Yeah. Uh, for example, Sparta Prague B are paying £6.7 million in wages. That's a lot of sort of key players that have actually dropped down. Yeah. Um, but but generally, some teams in the league are paying, you know, Dr. Prague, Bruno, uh, Prigram are all about around the million pound mark. Bruno are 1.5 million. And now you are? 200 grand, 260, 260 grand. Oh, it's, yeah, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So there is quite a big disparity in the, in the league. And since enough, I've actually started... Um, one of the things I was thinking about, obviously, I want to try and at some point term Kromeritz, Slavia Kromeritz professional. I think that's probably quite a good little target. Um, yeah. I don't want to do that now. And also, even if, and I know I'm paying a bit more on wages than we initially thought, but again, not significantly. And I'm 
and maybe we'll spend two grand extra a week. So that would yeah. be eight grand a month more in theory. Um, like we are hemorrhaging cash. It reminds me of when I was at Teleras last season. Yeah. <laughs> I bought the state off the council. Yeah. We're like hemorrhaging cash. It's a similar sort of situation here. And I'm not quite sure how to deal with it because there's not a lot of money in the second flight of Czech football, no. surprisingly. So that's a, but that's a problem for down the line. That's not a problem for now. Um, so, yeah, I think that hopefully gives a bit of an overview of what Slavia Kromoritz are, who Slavia Kromoritz are in the grand scheme of the league and mm. what the league is actually like. Um, yeah. Any questions or, or should we go straight over to see who you're managing in Greece? I just think well, you, the, clearly the, the solution is you need Legrand to fix a few LIBOR rates. I mean, that's what the that's what it yeah. sounds like. To <laughs> be fair, if, 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 if ever there's a man to conjure up cash from nowhere, it's, it's, it's the corrupt ex-financier. Yeah, indeed. Um, no, I think that's that's given me a, a, a fairly Please. decent snapshot of the the sort of half hell hole, half there sounds like there's an there sounds like there's a rope there though. You know what I mean? It sounds like you're in a hole, but there's a rope that's being sort of tantalizingly sort of sort of dangled in front of your head like a carrot. Yeah, and not and, and not one that I can hang myself with, like one that'll actually get me out of it. Yeah. Um it's uh, it's like like I say, every time I look at it, I think, oh for God's sake, this is gonna be nice. Something just comes up of okay, this actually could work, you know, and i I'll come on to the signings as well, but I've, I've been pleased with some of the players that have actually been able to sign despite being a part-time side. So, yeah, like it, it looks really bad. And then every now and again, something happens and you sort of pick something up. And it's like, it's pretty good, actually. I'll take that. Yeah. Well, no, it, it sounds like a sounds like an interesting start. Well, I suppose t- time for me to introduce where Albert Wiseman, uh, the... Well, give us a bit of a recap on who, who yeah. Albert Wiseman is. So, Albert Wiseman is a 71-year-old American... Uh, Ponman, who has gone around uh, the globe running Ponzi schemes, always escaping the law, until he returns to uh, JFK with a false identity and gets immediately recognised um, and reported to Interpol and then gets uh, extradited to, as we found out last episode, Greece, uh, where he sneaks out of prison uh, and convinces the lowest club in the uh, bets on Super League 2 or the Greek Super League Division 2. In my instance, the worst possible club for me to manage with the lowest chance of survival uh, was a club called Tilikratis. So so for those who don't know, uh, and that included me before I started this scene, uh, save, the Greek Super League 2 is split into two separate divisions, the North and the South. And I find myself managing Telecratis in the South of those divisions. Excuse me. And I'm, just, I'm just thinking, for the, for the jailbreak, that does, it's going to make it a bit harder for him to get out because he's got to somehow break... If he's, I assume he's going to go out the North of Greece, so he's going to have to... A bit further to travel. He's got a bit further to travel, but he's got he's got to get back onto land because he is because Tilocrates are on the Isle of Lefkada in the to the west of Greece. Uh, so wow. not an Isle that many people know, uh, but it's it's more famous uh, relative, shall we say, is Corfu. So I'm on an Isle 
to the west of Greece, uh, called Lefkada, and yes, just uh, in the Ionian Islands, and it's south of Corfu, which is quite close to Albania on the map. But uh, yeah, a little bit of sea between it and Corfu, and uh, there's a few other islands in the Ionian Islands, as you guess. But yes, managing Tilicratis um, in the Greek second division, southern region uh, on the Isle of Lefkada, and uh, so so that's that's to introduce where where Albie Wiseman, uh, where all his tricks have led him to, and I think. I should do the same as you and talk about a bit about the rules. And the main thing for me is the the uh, the what am I trying to say? So the registration rules are quite similar to yours. Um, it's got a maximum of eight non-EU players in the squad, maximum of four non-EU players, not including under twenty-three players in the starting eleven or in the match day squad. Um, and those are the two. So, so again, it gives you plenty of flexibility to sign who you want, basically, as long as you don't just create a you know yeah a squad full of South Americans and Africans, effectively. Yeah, exactly. So as long as you're as long as you're signing um, sensibly, you should be able to create a pretty decent squad. Mm. So, but for me, the more important thing than the registration rules, and it's something that's taking a while to get my head around, is that the league has a group stage. And then it splits in half. So this is, the, I think, probably the first time in FM I've managed in a league that splits in half. So the group stage, the the top five, um, excluding, and I should say, uh, AEK Athens B and Panathinaikos B are ineligible for promotion, um, as are Olympiakos B. Uh, uh, and... So, so actually, it's the top five. But if one of the B teams is in the top five, the place gets handed to a squad that can get promoted, which is nice. So, so hang on. How, how many teams are in this initial group stage? So, in this, so in the initial stage, there are twelve teams. So you play each team twice. So there are twenty-two games. So the initial season is twenty-two just games. In the south, right? Just, just in the south, teams. and it's mirrored in the north. So it's yeah, just okay. the southern teams. So. Um, actually, hang on. I think I might be took two seconds. Let me just double check. Uh, so in sorry, the two B teams I have in mind are Olympiakos B and Panathinaikos B. So they can't get promoted. Um, but any of the other mm, uh, ten teams can get promoted. Yeah. So of of those teams, uh, of those teams, five so half go into the promotion group. And then the other five go into the relegation group. Sorry, sorry. The other seven go into the sorry. The other remaining six go into the relegation group. It's really complicated, Tom. You can see why have I'm making a mess seen, of it. Have you ever seen Alan Partridge's guides to the to the USA World Cup or something? Have you ever seen that on the day to day? No, I haven't. I assume it's like this. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you a clip of that <laughs> after, and it's basically exactly the same as you <laughs> describing. It's hard, Tom. It's hard after a big curry and two beers as well. But anyway, um, right, let me try okay. this again. Listener, it's, it's it's complex. All we need to know is there's a league of 12 in the south. There's a couple of B teams in there. It's pretty complex. At some point, it splits into two sides, six and six. 
And then what happens, Luke? No, How it's not. It's not point? six and six. It's five and seven. Oh, Tom. For God's sake. It's five and seven. Five and seven. Five okay, and seven. Okay, but fine. but Tom, the seventh has already been relegated. So the team that finishes last is immediately relegated into the regional divisions. So then the bottom right. six. So from six to eleven, you then play in the relegation group, and the relegation group, um, the bottom three of the relegation group <laughs> I know the bottom three of the relegation group go down so four teams go down so four out four... of twelve go down yes oh wow that's quite that's quite hairy yes so I was immediately oh, so I was looking at the initial league thinking one team goes down right rubbing my hands with glee yeah. because because of the fact that you know one team I think I can dodge that but the problem is now I'm thinking, you know what my aim for the season's got to be? I want to finish top half just so I don't get relegated. Because I could easily no, not, see... No, a... just, no, not, not, not top half, top fifth, top fifth, 12 by <laughs> Yeah, sorry, top five twelves, Tom, you're right. Top five twelves. Just so you... Because I could easily see us hitting a bad run of form at the end of the season out of a group yeah. of relegation battled teams and, and falling... Because 50% of the relegation group go down. That is that is brutal. That's basically playing for does your the, job. Does the league reset, to, or does do you carry on in that bottom half with the amount of points you've amassed in the first half of the season? That works? I know in Scotland, they have a similar thing where it's the league splits in the final quarter of the season. Yeah. You, you, you stay on the same number of points you had at that stage. But are you saying it resets, or are you not sure yet? Uh, well, Tom, we're going to find out. We're on this journey together. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's It's been challenging enough to explain these rules to you. <laughs> You've seen how hard it's been. I haven't got that far. Let's live it. We'll live it. We'll figure it out. And once we've figured it out, we'll go, okay, that's how it works. Because as we know, part of the early part of... Yeah, it's a con. It's a long con. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making it up as I go along and trying to convince people that I know what I'm doing. And I think that's part of this pod anyway. That's part of what this pod is about. It's about going to a part of of FM that I know nothing about and blagging it. You know, that's what it's about. It's a, it's it's it, it's it's an FM long con. Um, you oh, know, we we landed. I, I, I landed wait. ten points adrift in Chile. Um, and managed to, uh, you know, claw my way out of that hole. I'll figure it out here. I'll figure it out, Tom. I can't wait, like, every week of this pod from now on, we're going to get a new update on this new rule change that we haven't we, we for, for the Greek second division. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, it turns out there's this thing about finishing fourth. And if you finish yeah. fourth, you just win the, F, the, the Greek FA Cup. So then you mm. automatically go into Europe. It's just a weird thing that happens. <laughs> Yes, that's it. That that would be fun. I just before we move on, um, I did want to say, and I meant to do it at the start of the episode, but talking about the previous season reminded me. I I do think it's important as a podcast we can congr- congratulate uh, from Fernando Diniz and real life Fluminense for winning the Libertadores and doing a far better job of it, uh, winning it for Fluminense. So taking taking what Renzo couldn't achieve. And actually achieving it in real life. They've never achieved it before in real life. 
Uh, the man is innovating tactically and also winning at the same time. So he's doing a far better job than Renzo. So on behalf of who he is as director of football, congratulations to Fernando Diniz and Fluminense for winning the Libertadores. And what a match it was too, catching the extra time. Absolutely. It was absolutely chaos. Absolutely. This is the most chaotic update you've ever given, Lou. It's gone from butchering how the, the Greek second <laughs> know, to congratulating a real-life manager on the Libertadores. Tom, let me also add one more thing that I wanted to update on uh, and, and make it even more like chaotic. Some TV series that you're watching or, or what you're preparing no, this morning sorry. or anything else? No, one thing I, I did want to update on that I'd also wanted to update at the start and completely forgot about was um, in last week's pod, episode zero, we talked about... Um, oh, don't, don't you, your bloody snooty mate at work who... who no, no, I'm not that, Tom. Tom, not that. Not that, Tom. Oh, right, no, else. no, that's no. I was. You can, you can. You got that wrong. You got Baltics and Balkans wrong. No, that's no. That we've moved on from that. No, I wanted to say in it, we we talked about um, drawing Sweden and Denmark from the hat previously, but we gave no context to that. So I just wanted to say we had done. We hadn't removed any teams from the hat. We had just done practice draws. We had done practice draws uh, to understand what potential outcomes we might likely get and uh, we then put them back in the hat and I think in a way we're happy with the outcomes we've got but also as as I'm finding trying to explain Greek lower league football maybe not so happy in other respects <laughs> as well <laughs> oh dear and, but and anyway. I, I love that Balkans, Balkans Baltics all feedback is very much appreciated and I won't always call you a snooty whatever I just called you your I'm sure a very professional My colleague. Wild <laughs> colleague well yeah his feedback and his geography is is 27 grand he's put on a geography degree finally coming to good use indeed indeed um anyway Luke to back to football manager and the game yeah. that we do your podcast <laughs> what Tilly Kratis how much money have you got where's that rank in the league yes are you good question are you semi-pro so we are professional that's the one advantage we have over you um but in other ways i don't think the clubs are that different um obviously one's in greece the other one's in the czech republic um so i have no transfer budget um i have a a wage budget um of about 200 grand a year uh it's nothing particularly it's not it's not massive at all oh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah okay fair enough fair point it's it's I was, um i was thinking week no not 200 grand a week tom I, I wish no uh so so i have the league's lowest budget and when i say almost 200 grand i have 185k a week and tom we are hemorrhaging clap cash we are financially insecure uh, and the largest salary, and again, including first team players, is Olympiakos B with twenty one point six million. What's the not? What's the highest non B team? Because the B, I've had the same yeah. spot Prague, right? They're yeah, the they're, they're they're massive, and it's in, clearly includes first team players, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But um, uh, it is Leverdikos with one point three one million. So okay, so. Sim- we're fun- quite similar positions, really. Um, so I'm about a million quid off a year, the best club in the league. It's quite yeah, a differential. Yeah. That being said, the way it works in FM, this is both north and south. 
So Levodikos oh. might be in the north. Kalamata oh, are definitely in the Kalamata are definitely in the south, uh, and they are one point nor eight million. So I'm still a good way off them, and they're definitely in the south. Right. Okay. Good. Good to know. So I think we I think we both pretty well set the scenes for for our clubs uh, and for, for the leagues as well. Unless there's anything else you want to add, Lee. <laughs> Do you want me to say something else random? I think you seem to get a bit hacked no. off with that by the end. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want more random. Right. Uh, right. So, so after me I... giving the most chaotic update, do you want to give us a more sane update about um, how things are actually happening in the wonderful world of yes. Slavia, not Slavia Prague. Where do I mean? Slavia Kromritz. There we go. Slavia it's normally me coming on to these doing our podcast like half cut it's a slightly different it's a slightly different vibe you come yeah, on to it it's me bringing times. the Tom Charlton energy yeah yeah I know um right okay so what I'll do to start with I'll talk you through some of the players I've brought in and then I'll talk you through how the season's gone I'm 14 games in to the yeah. 30 game season so I, I'm really you know I've, I've played a fair bit this weekend I've got, got a fair few games on my belt. Transfers, though, are the big thing. And I'll talk through my tactics as well. Yeah. My, my team were pretty useless. Like, they really were. Uh, they were full of just semi-pro Czech footballers and that, that, that weren't very good. I've got this... Uh, there's a, a clearly a deal. We are the feeder club. We have a parent club. We're the feeder club for Banik Ostrava, who were in the top flight. Uh, and when I got here, we had five players on loan from them. Um Four of those probably four, four of my best players. Yeah. Um, the rest of the team, there's probably a couple who are okay. They they were mainly old boys as well. I've got a guy called Tomash um, Oklastek, thirty six year old midfielder. He was pretty good. I've got one guy who's the only guy that's got a more than one year contract. A guy called Lucas um, Fadlika, um, striker, twenty two years old. Again, he's not great, but he was okay. Um, and basically, from the players I had at the start, I realised the best formation to play, nothing, I, they, no one was exciting, no one was going to be able to do anything extraordinary. And I realised I just need to finish out the bottom two this season. Let's not try anything fancy. Let's just try and keep it structured. And I'm playing 4-4-2. And I'm not playing a fancy 4-4-2 with inverted wing-backs, inverted full-backs, and a libero or whatever. I'm playing... A goalkeeper, two centered central defenders defend, wing back support, about as exotic as it gets, two winger attacks, a box to box midfielder, a centre midfielder defend, not even like a playmaker or a ball winning midfielder, just play in the centre midfielder and defend, a target forward support, and a poacher. Like, because I just basically don't trust or didn't trust any of my guys to do anything. Um, and the players I've signed, right? I'm going, to list, I'm going to talk you through some of the players I've signed because, like I say, I had a bit of a budget and I could do some quite fun stuff with this and sign some decent players. Um, I've signed nine first-team players. Um, I've signed a few more on, um, but the kids that won't play. And so it's a really strange theme. I've signed two goalkeepers. I've got a Cameroonian goalkeeper, 23 years old, called Boris Asele. He's a backup. Um, but I've also signed a goalkeeper called Jakub um, Kripelka. Uh, both of my goalkeepers, they signed on non-contract terms and Kripelka is already leaving. And he's been the number one. He's been pretty good, but he's going to leave in, in January. 
The rest of my team, right, the players I've signed, is the most anti-FM thing you can do. <laughs> you know, you, you you just sort of harvest kids. You harvest like, young, <laughs> harvest like young players, um, sort of build them up and hope they sell them on. I think I've signed two players, outfielders, who are under the age of 30. The other the other lads are all all veterans. And some of them you might have heard of as well. So the, I've signed a guy called um, a 36-year-old <laughs> uh, centre-back called Josef Hananacek. I've signed an English winger called Josh Morris, form, like formerly of teams like Scunthorpe, Fleetwood, Millwall, Motherwell, Bradford, all, all those sort of teams. Marco Bracalo, who's been really good in the target forward position. He has very little technical ability, but all his physicals are pretty good. So he basically just draws defenders to him and he can do some he can do limited when it gets to him, but he does something half decent. I like him. I like um Marco Bracalo. Um, um I signed a guy called Hugo Mesba. Okay. Does that name ring a bell? Vaguely, but like not with any great like sort of like it's not fleshed out. It's just a nebulous thought. If I vaguely remember that name, so Hugo Mesber in our one of my favourite FM saves when I was talking and I took us to the Champions League. I started playing with the Libero in the National League. Oh and yeah, I signed okay. Hugo Mesber, and I, I think <laughs> it was in lockdown when we were both going yeah. a bit mad, and I I started a chant <laughs> for Hugo Mesber. She don't like it. You <laughs> this is really showing how sad we are. This episode is one of the saddest yet for, for sad so men. I've signed Hugo Mesbard to play centre half. And then I've signed three players that I haven't mentioned, right? Yeah. Um, the first guy I've signed is fantastic. I absolutely love this guy. He's been so good for me. Nigerian centre field. He's like one of the players that most of these guys, well, everyone's on a one-year deal. Mm. And I'm actually thinking most of them are going to go within a year. Like, as soon as that year's done, this season is just about staying up. Yeah. And then hopefully yeah. start signing players that I think can actually do something a bit funky uh, next season. Anthony Akedi is like one of the guys that is going to be fundamental for this team. Um, Nigerian centre midfielder. I'm currently playing him as a box-to-box Um but he can he he might continue doing that if I do something fancy next season. But he's also a nice deep line deep line playmaker too. So he's been brilliant. Okay. The other two guys I've signed, and I'll be interested to see if you recognize these two names. The first guy is a guy called Marvin Emnes. Recognize it, yeah. So he's 35-year-old Dutchman, but has played in the Premier League for Middlesbrough and Swansea. Yeah, I remember um, him at Swansea, yeah. Yeah, he's. An, he, I, I knew. I know. I'm afraid. So I sort of know Marvin Emnes and sort of named him up. Thirty-five. He does a job for me as a right winger. You know, he doesn't need to do much. He, we play on. Um, uh, we, you know, we try and put balls into the box. That's sort of our game. So, thought he'd be pretty good in that role. He's he's done well. Another guy, kind of striker called Omanias. I I've so this was going to be one of the things I talked about. I got him on trial, but he refused to sign. So, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I know precisely who Omanias is because I've been watching Omanias highlights at the thought yeah. that I might have had a chance to sign him. So I'm gutted you've managed to sign him. Ever- yeah, one I'm of Everton's like, greatest well, ever flops. 13 and a half million. I've managed from to sign him. From Locomotive Moscow. He signed for me for 
on a part-time deal for £325 a week. He was trying to, he's asking for 850 from me. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> if I leave it long enough, he might get desperate. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's what he's done with me. Part-time deal for me. So that's that's my team. Um and yeah, I won't go through it. Basically, I'm not going to go through all the players because, you know, that's a bit pointless. But the key players have done really, really well for me. Anthony Akedi uh, has done fantastic. Uh, Marco Bracalo, the, the striker, has done really well. A guy called Marek Yaron uh, as a left winger. I got him on loan from Banik Ostavello, the, the team that we've got as our, feeder cl- our parent club. We don't have many standouts. Like, it's a good team. Like We, we build sort of teamwork as opposed to as opposed to anything else. Yeah. Um, and the league, again, I'm not going to go game by game. There's no point in doing that. This, is, this pod might go on long enough. But we're 14 games in. And it's going okay. It's not going badly at all. We are, so there's 16 teams in the league. We have played 14 games. We've won six. We've drawn one and we've lost seven. And that puts us in 10th. And I'm really happy with that, considering our wage budget says we should be right at the bottom. We, you know, we're the only part-time team in the league and we're 10th. We're, and, and I'm playing this bog... I, I hate playing this formation right. I hate some of our games because I like doing stuff that I can actually put a tactic out and I've got an idea of what I want to do and I can see it happening in real life. I'm just playing... A normal bog standard four four two, nothing fancy, nothing interesting. And I can't play this way for the whole series going forward. It would just bore me to death. But it does a job, and the job for this season is to stay up, and it's seemingly doing that. I think maybe if once I realise we're going to stay up, if which touch wood is looking like that's a possibility, um, I might at the back end of the season start trying to put some new tactics in. And again, that'll help influence the players I need to sign next year. But our goals, our games, sorry, like goals galore for a flat four four two. Like of the, f- I'll just list you through some of the games. I won't get team by team, but I'll list you through some of the results we've had this season playing. Yeah, we've had a five-two victory, three-all draw, four-one victory in the cup, five-four um, defeat, six-one victory, six-four defeat in the cup, three-two defeat, three-two defeat. You know, I'm missing out. That's just the ones that are five goals or above. All the others are sort of in the four-goal range. There's only one game where we've played in either team of kept a clean sheet, and that was when we beat um, Vyshkov 1-0 in the league. It's it's mad. And it, I mean, it's good because, like I say, we're doing well. It seems to be suiting our players. We're playing you know, wing play, wingers going out, putting balls in the box. If there's an out ball, we're just pinning it to Bracalo up front. In the middle, Akedi is able to dictate play as a box-to-box midfielder to carry it, and he can just naturally pick up some good passes. So we are reliant on those two. It's not going to be something I'm going to stick with long term just because I don't quite know why it's working and I'd like to know why it's <laughs> working so when it goes wrong, I can sort of change it. Um, so it's definitely not something that will happen long term. Like I said, next season, I'm going to sign players and then build a much better formation and a much better tactic out of that. Um, but for now, with what we've got, this is the best way to play. And it's also just quite nice as a good backup. If anything goes wrong, I can just go back to playing this bog standard four four two, and as long as I've got a big man up top, and yeah, basically as long as I've got a big man man up top and 
and ideally another another decent striker, one relatively technical player in the middle, and then other people that can just put balls in the box, which it should be fairly easy to find within any, within any squad. It's, it's likely to work, so that, yeah. that's been quite nice. But yeah, all in all, like one hell of a start. Like I'd have bitten your hand off if you'd have told me we're. Tenth in the league. I mean, we are only four points off the bottom, off um, second bottom, where Dukla Prague uh, are in the relegation zone. We beat them away, so their Dukla Prague awake. It didn't help them, um, but they, they, um, that's just, we're, we're by no means safe. But just the way we're playing, the results we're getting, I'm, I'm, Oh, God, Christ, alive. this is a stupid thing to say. But I'd be really surprised if we get drawn into, drawn just, into a relegation. I thought you are quietly confident of staying up. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's going quite... It's, I'm very happy. I thought we'd be right at the bottom, near the bottom, only part-time team, really mm. bad, um, poor wage bill relative to the rest of the league. Yeah, it's going, it's going okay. We're not getting better by anyone, um, even the teams near the top. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy. A happy, a happy, a happy Legrand means. Absolutely. I don't know what that means. Does that mean more <laughs> libel rigging or less libel rigging? I'm still trying to figure uh, it out. I think for the time being, less because he's more secure in this job. You know, he doesn't. You know, he can he can see how this on the run stuff's going to work. So um, he can be focused on his football. There we go. Go on. So how's how's it going in uh, for Tilly Kratis? In the well, first, how many games have you played? I've played five, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when your initial run of games is a whopping uh, 22 games, I've already played a quarter of the season, basically. Yeah. Slightly less, but I've already played a quarter of the season, so I've got a sense of how it will play out. And just explain to me, at what stage does it swap over and what then happens? So you play, the you play, you play I'm your I'm full... Jokingly, I'm joking, don't, don't. <laughs> you, you bastard. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, teasing aside. So, uh Telecratis. I landing in the Greek second division, I didn't know what to expect. What kind of players would you have? What what would the you know the the kind of assumption I have of um, Greek players is that kind of lazy playmaker type. Um, I was trying to think who was the Greek player who ended up playing for Fulham. That uh, was a good. Yeah, that was that was Georgios Karagounis who was yeah. more a ball winner. No, he was, he was a playmaker as well. He was a play. He had a carry. He was a bit of a. He was a bit of both. He was a bit of a deep lying playmaker in my eyes, anyway. But um, yeah, Karagounis. Oh, yeah, fair enough. No, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but a good anyway, sort of playmakery, but a bit of lack of end product, maybe. So I walked into a squad and I started trying to figure it out. And initially, I drew up. I saw I had some okay centre backs. Um, and I drew up a three four three again, and I was like, okay. "Nah, I can't play. I can't do it. I've, I've I've enjoyed it, but I've got it's. We've got to do." And then I figured out, "No, hang on a second. 
I've got really good wingers. I've got a target man. I've got I've got a the most interesting player I would say is Donaldini Zambo, who the game tells me is a is a wide target man uh in a right attacking midfielder position. But I was like, you know what? I kind of see a bit of Poundland Mini in there. So you know what I ended up playing, Tom? I ended up playing a four-four fucking two. So I feel like nice. I've read this into reality. I feel like me saying that in in episode zero has dreamt us into both playing a four-four-two. And I actually think that's kind of appropriate for Wiseman. Um because of the fact that it feels like a con man thing to do, because it feels like he's never looked at anything in his life. He's picked up one book from the FA in the 1960s about how to coach football. He sort of ran through London, grabbed a book, and and it's like this a- a- ancient coaching manual. He's looked at the first page and it just says, the most common tactic played in football is the 4-4-2. And he's not realised that the entire game has continued to evolve. And he's sort of... He has- you wait till he picks up Jonathan Wilson's inverting the pyramid. Well, exactly, and that's so. That's what I'm feeling. So, so yeah. Funnily enough, Tom, I've walked into a four-four-two, and it's a very. What are your roles? What are your roles? Well, funny you should mention that, Tom. It's a very standard counter-attacking, direct attack four-four-two. So I've gone for a sweeper keeper because. It just gives you that flexibility. If I can play a sweeper-keeper, I will. I've got Zadravos, um, my right full-back on wing-back defend. Got two centre-backs um, who are, who really are the bedrock of the team, uh, Giannotis and Andreu. Uh, I've got uh, my... Uh, I haven't talked about my two, tra- uh, my two transfers. I brought one player in already who is uh, my left-back... Uh, Papa Giroud yeah Papa Giroud um, who is a wing back support he's just a bit better than my previous left back who's a more attacking left back but I'm battling for survival here I need a bunch of hard and bruises he also had some leadership ability so I immediately made him my captain because he's a 15 leadership player so I was like get him in and then the thing that really inspired me to play a 4-4-2 and my two best players are on paper at least are Kokoris my left winger, who is left-footed, and Belvonis, who was meant to also be a left winger, but he's right-footed, so I stuck him on the right wing. Um, he nice. can play there, so I've got two. Right, I've got two wingers on their natural feet on either side. I've got uh, Tosca, and actually the player who reminds me a bit of Karagunis uh, is his backup, Tagusis, and they're the kind of ball winner, deep line playmaker. And then I've got Spanudakis. Who I really like. He, he, I've got him on central midfield attack. He's your Lampard. He gets into the box, picks up a, picks up a, picks up, you know, the the ball that comes off the target man, who I, I love the name of. And he, I, have you ever, Tom, felt like you've been a bit of a goon trubus? Because we've all felt occasionally <laughs> that we've been a bit of a goon trubus. And like, could you think of a better name for a big target man? Fotis goon trubus. A no, lot. No, that's brilliant. That's and he's brilliant. got nothing apart from physicals and aerials. Um, and then my uh, Donaldini Zambo is, I'm playing as an advanced forward, although he's been injured. So his backup 
is uh, who's currently also injured, which is making it interesting for the next match, is Nikos Katsis. Uh, and they're both advanced forward poacher types. So I am playing a very, very standard 4-4-2, albeit the next match in game I may go to a 4 4 one one uh, because of yeah, both of my strikers. I'm thinking 4-4-1-1 for my next season, actually, but it's a, it's a bit too exotic for now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's... Um, it, so my only two signings currently are one that I've literally just finalised a second. I've had a lot of players on trial. Uh, uh, so the one I've already finalised was Papa Giroud, uh, a, a pretty standard. Um, uh, Iodanis, Papa Giroud, pretty standard Greek second division fullback. Papa Giroud must be, Papa Giroud must be pretty old, right? Because his son, Olivier, is getting on a bit as well terrible terrible um he's 31 but yeah agreed i'm playing very anti-fm the two players i've signed are a 31 year old and giannis gotsoulias is my next signing uh and he is 33 and he's coming in to play right back although by trade he's a ball winning midfielder but the no. other one signing I've made, but it's coming in in Jan. He's coming in in January. Is an Argentinian who's currently, uh, he's an Argentinian striker, uh, who's currently playing for Dias Gior's uh, second team in Hungary, uh, and he's called Alejo Tangredi, and he's just another fast striker who can finish. So, so I'm bringing him on loan for eighty pounds per week in January to see if I can spice up the forward line a bit but uh, the two that have been completed are Papa Giroud and literally being finalised as we speak uh, Gotsoulias um, and yeah so what does that all mean apart from I'm playing a 4-4-2 it's a very straightforward 4-4-2 it's a keep it solid at the back with kind of three players who act as centre-backs one full-back who kind of provides a bit of width the wingers bomb on the target man drops into midfield. The the left-sided midfielder pushes into the other channel. And then you've got a striker trying to pin the defence back. But apart from that, what does it actually mean in terms of results and fixtures? So we started the season off with the Greek Cup, uh, where we played Apollon Pontou, who were... Uh, they're in the northern uh, second tier... So that gave me a good sense of, before we actually hit the league, um, how are we going to be? Well, it didn't really give me much of a sense because we gritted out from a set piece, a 1-0 win through our centre-back, Andreu getting on a header. Um, so I didn't really get any sense. And then we played a, 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 what they call the local leagues. Uh, they call them the ethnic leagues uh, in in uh, in in Greece, uh, so the division below us, uh, and we gritted out a two-one win against them. So not very convincing. So those were the two cut fixtures before we actually kicked off the regular season. So we kicked off the regular season against Olympiakos B, and you'd think Olympiakos B would be, you know, concerning, and they had some really good players. Well, even with a man sent off in the eighty-first minute, we put them to the sword three-one with goals through Andreu and a brace from Donardini Zambo. Um, and then, unfortunately, we lost to Kalamata. So 
the first reality check, they looked like a team who were very much likely to get promoted uh, to the top flight this season. And they put us in our place with a 2-0 defeat. Um, before a couple of uh, couple of good wins, probably the most hard-fought match, we went 3-0 up and still almost managed to throw it away against uh, Panachaiki uh, with goals through Georgis Spanudis, Fotis Gonatrubis and Giannis Andreu. Um, and they, they scored a couple. And then probably our best match so far uh, was a 4-0 demolition of Iulipoli. Uh, with Kokoris, Tosca, Guntrubis and Katsis all getting on the score sheet before our last uh, fixture against Giotchas, which we lost 2-1. So, a mixed bag. You some... must, be pretty, must be pretty high up, high up the table. Then. You must be in that top half, in that top 5-12, sorry. Yeah, we are in that top 5-12, Tom. Uh, we currently sit uh, in fifth. Uh, and Panathinaikos... B are in third, so currently down to sixth, uh, you would qualify in the top half after five games. So, again, a bit like you, whisper it quietly. From the initial sample size, which I admit is small, um, we're doing okay. So far, so good. So far, so good. Um it's kind of what I expect. I mean, the next match is the sixth round cup first leg uh, against Atromitos, who are in, who are currently second in the Greek top flight. So we're about to get absolutely, oh, no, they're fourth now, but we're still about to get absolutely battered. So um, I mean, I'll be intrigued to see how we do in that match against one of the Greek big boys. But for a club that's really not that well off, um. And leveraging, leveraging cash, um, and I, I, you know, I've got eight hundred quid a week still to spend. But do you want to spend it when you're already, you know, if there's someone really good out there, I might, might do it. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh... I think it's one of those. I'm on the same thing. Is actually, it's good having a few quid left in the bank because ultimately, there's players that wouldn't have signed for you that maybe three months into the game, six months into the game, they're going to be a bit more desperate and they'll therefore they'll come and sign for you. So I think it's wise not to spend all your money. It's a it's a bad dating policy we've got going on, isn't it? It's like, sign for us if you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you're desperate, if you um, think your career is about to end and you want one last <laughs> shot of playing semi-professional or professional football... Give us a go. If you really, if you really want to carry on your career, then come on, come on, we'll take <laughs> come it. on. But, you know, please, really, really do think about it if you actually <laughs> want to join, join us or, or retire. Um, yeah, I think I think that's given um, hopefully a decent a decent overview of where I think as time goes on. Obviously, we've spent quite a lot of this pod talking about sort of the setups, who we're managing and stuff. So, without going into too many details on squads and games and stuff, so. We might be able to do a little bit more on that in the in the future, but hopefully that's given everyone a good sort of setup of who we're managing to start with, what the leagues are like, a rough idea of the players we've got, and then we'll we'll be able to talk a little bit more in detail about those uh, those players as as episodes go on. Absolutely, I, I think there's just uh, one final talking point for me, and that is, and it's a really interesting thing, which would make my immediate relegation from the league a little bit easier or avoiding it anyway, is that Olympiakos B have had 10 points uh, deducted uh, for forfeiting a match. So clearly in real life, uh, 
something oh, wow. has happened. So they're currently on minus nine. So they've only drawn That's one. Helpful. It's helpful for the immediate future. I still don't want to go into that relegation group. And then secondly, Tom, uh, as I forewarned you, uh, for our second season, I wanted to bring in a new segment uh, to end the podcast. And that is, I want uh, from now on, Tom and I are both going to nominate our players of the episode. Uh, one, so we can uh, give you a, a sense of more of the players as individuals. But two, so I've got something to post on the Instagram um, and actually uh, give you a bit of insight into some of the players from our saves. So uh, the goal scoring uh, of Eva Mamini won't just be in your heads, but you will also get a sense of what he looks like in our save games or what the player looks like. So, Tom, I've given you the uh, I've given you the drum roll. Do you want to uh, announce who are our first ever from the Charlton side of the pod or the Legrand side of the pod? player of the episode will be yeah so i, I narrowed that to four i don't i really don't have a standout player in the, in this team uh you know i've got players look we get goals from all positions assists from all positions so you know for example bracalo my target man he's got six goals four assists marvin emnes from the right wing has got five goals five assists akedi from the box to box five goals five assists and yaron my left winger five goals six assists but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick for my play. It's gonna be Anthony Akedi, the Nigerian centre midfielder. Yeah, you know, one of the players that I signed. He really is important in that midfield because my wingers are so wide. The middle of the pitch could be a real issue. But he does exactly what you want from a box box midfielder. He's up and back. He's only on 180 quid a week. That's one reason I picked him because he's cheap. The other guys <laughs> actually want more money. He's offered me good value for money. And I think he's probably. I definitely want him next season. Some of the other guys, Bracalo maybe, he's only 30. Marvin Emnez at 35, probably one season he's gone. And Marek Yaron's on loan from Banik Ostrava. Unlikely to get him back next season. So, yeah, for me, it's going to be Anthony Akedi. Nice to hear. Looking forward to uh, seeing a screenshot so I can pop that on the Instagram. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, amazing to hear. So, from the Albert Wiseman side of the save... Uh, I think there were there were only I narrowed it down to a couple of options. Uh, for me, it was either Aris Kokoris, who's been fantastic at the left wing, definitely my best player. Uh, two goals, two assists. Um, it could be Spanidakis, the central midfielder who started really well, and no doubt if he keeps playing this well, he may may pick up a player of the episode later in the season. But for me, the obvious standout from the start of the season and from the first few games has been my right-sided centre-back, Giannis Andreu. Uh, he is... I was... When I... When, uh, sorry, it's my left-sided centre-back, uh, Giannis Andreu. But when I first started uh, the... Save he was looks completely unremarkable. Um, there's nothing, he's one of those centre backs. You think, yeah, you'll do a job, you're a solid centre back, but he's been really solid defensively, and also he has a really good sense of where the goal opposition, most importantly, goal is. Uh, so big goals. He got me the third goal in a 3 2 win that meant we actually won the game, and he got me my first ever goal for the club. Uh, and he's just been a great. Uh, he's just been great. He's just been really good. He's been getting goals and been making contributions and being defensively solid. So for me, my first ever 
player of the episode is Giannis Andreu. So, perfect. without further ado, uh, this has been our first proper episode of European Jailbreak. Uh, thank you so much for enjoying, uh, continuing to listen and enjoy this journey. We really appreciate the continued support. Um, Tom, you're going to do a do you do a socials plug, or are we are we leaving yeah, that this follow, episode? Follow us. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter at Wooadoff, at Wooadoff, so W-U-A-D-O-F. And then we'll we'll post some stuff up this weekend. We will indeed. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Have a great end to your weekend and a great week. And bye for now. <laughs>